Real Presence Live. Religion has understood things about the way humans function long before science was able to prove anything. Local. It's always important for all of us to kind of look externally and say, what about these family? They are just like the Holy Family. They're experiencing the same persecution. Engaging. Jesus wants to be with us. I always think of that as at the heart of the Eucharist. Live. A mystery then of the rosary allows us to see a teaching of the church, but to be able to go deeper within that teaching. Good morning and welcome to Real Presence Live. I'm Father Will Thompson, joined by Michael Goldsmith. Uh, Michael, welcome. Good morning. How Good. are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. Welcome to your uh, maiden voyage maiden uh, here as a co-host. Uh, you were on two weeks ago uh, to, to uh, join Matt and I a little bit, but yep. uh, great to have you here for your uh, first official co-hosting experience. Thanks. Thanks, Father. Glad to be here. Wonderful. Well, why don't we begin with a prayer, and then we can uh, see what's coming up on our show here Sounds today. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ, you are risen from the dead. You have conquered the power of darkness, the power of sin, the power of death. Help us to rise with you, to rise out of our own darkness and sin and death, and so to live in the fullness of life you have created us for. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And I know we've, we've got a lot coming up on the show here uh, that is going to enlighten us, enliven us, uh, help us to live out this resurrection. But uh, Gregory, um, would you mind uh, giving us a little preview of what's coming up here today? Sure thing, Father. So coming up this morning, men, the day-to-day struggles can be intense. And while there is a battle going on, you need to know that you're not alone. Brad Gray of the Diocese of Fargo will be with us to walk you through a game plan on how you can win the war with Christ on your side. And we'll join Brad and Deb Nelson Brad and Deb Nelson as they share how they further the kingdom of God in their own home and preview an upcoming conference specifically designed for parents who homeschool. We'll even have some t- tickets to give away so you can attend this great conference for free. And it's also time to enjoy some tasty creati- creativity. Talented men from across one local community are coming together to, together to showcase their special recipes, and you'll have a chance to sample them. We'll share all the details about this event and much more coming up this morning. Sounds great. Thank you, Gregory. And looking forward to the show. We've got some great interviews coming up. And, of course, we've got Straight Talk uh, happening here in about a half an hour. So we invite you to call on in for that segment. Uh, but, of course, uh, we are here on this Easter Wednesday, uh, yet another day to celebrate the resurrection. Michael, how was your how are your Easter celebrations? It was very good. Yep, it's blessed to have my family around me and go to church and uh Easter Sunday was just a, a great blessing uh, just to have the family around. I Wonderful. just enjoy that. So, yep. And then we have this beautiful weather and the sun is shining. So, uh, kind of continuing into the Easter octave. That's right. And uh, going through this Easter octave, having some beautiful weather. Spring has sprung, which also means, of course, construction is back. <laughs> uh, such is life in the upper Midwest. Uh, but uh, we do pray for the safety and the speed of all of our construction workers. Yes, uh, you know, We're here hanging out at St. James Coffee House today, uh, as, as we often do on Wednesdays. Uh, and north of us, the door... The, um, the road is cl- is closed as yep. they continue their construction up there, but it's going to be very nice when yeah. it's all done. It's going to be difficult once they get up towards where the 
churches up here, and I don't know how they're going to do all the traffic and everything, but, you know, that's how they, they do a, a great job. So yep. it all go smooth. Absolutely, and we're certainly looking forward to that uh, as we are looking forward to uh, our first interview. Uh, we are going to be speaking with Brad Gray here in just a moment. And, uh, you know, Brad's going to talk to us a little bit about, uh, you know, how the struggle is real, uh, you know, especially for, for a, a particular challenge that is given to men. And, uh, Brad, are you on the line there? I am, Father. Thanks so much for having me on this morning. No, you're welcome. Thank you for being here. Uh, we'd like to talk to you a little bit today about the program called the 30-Day Rise Challenge. Could you explain to us a little bit about what that, that's all about? Sure thing. So the, the Rise 30-Day Men's Challenge was created by Bill Donahue of the Theology of the Body Institute. Bill is the curriculum specialist for the Theology of the Body Institute, which is the institute that was founded by Christopher West. Many people are familiar with Christopher West's work. Uh, it was also uh, co-created with Chris Stefanik of Real Life Catholic. Chris is certainly a name that's uh, known to many of uh, Real Presence radio listeners and uh, Catholics that are really interested in their faith. Chris has done great work in explaining and teaching the faith and inspiring men and women and children to, to really claim their Catholic identities. So the Rise Challenge is this 30-day journey that guides men through uh, basically a month-long process of growing as brothers, fathers, husbands, and sons. And it's not something that, when I speak about you know, husbands and fathers and so on, it's not something that's just intended for uh, married people. It's, you know, these are four key relationships that every one of us as men live in, no matter what your state in life. Obviously, Father, you are not married, and yet more than anyone else that we might know, you get called Father. You know, I've, mm-hmm. I've got seven children of my own, but you probably get called Father a lot more than I do. <laughs> um, so, and so, so it, it's a great opportunity for us as men to really discover who we are in relationship to the world around us and in relationship to the Lord God. So, Brad, this is Michael Goldsmith. Uh, just how, how was the journey? Uh, I got to tell you, the, the the Rise Challenge is something that is is I think utterly unique. It's it's a great way of um, beginning to look at at who we are in, in areas that we don't necessarily think about on a day by day basis. Um, so I know that it, it, as I was going through the journey myself the first time around, this began. Uh, the, it first came out in I think it was January of 2018, mm-hmm. and uh, as I was going through it the first time last spring. Um, it, it made me begin to consider the gift of, of my masculinity, of my fatherhood, of just my identity as a man that I had received from my dad that I had never really thought about. You know, I had never really uh, consciously reflected upon and, and then reached out to him to thank him for that. Well, and so that was one of the challenges. And I guess that's one of the things that's worth noting about the Rise Challenge, too, is just kind of the, the structure and the format of how it goes how the challenge works. Um, so if I might take just a moment, I'll, I'll kind of run through that. Yeah, that'd be great. It'd okay. be great to hear what, how so, this works. Yep. So it's, it's a, it's the nice thing about the Rise Challenge is that it's kind of, um, it's got an entry point that any guy can get in at. Uh, so that the commitment is not that large. You, you can do some of these challenges in five to ten minutes during the course of the day. And, and basically what it'll have is it'll have a video each day, generally speaking, they are a minute and a half to three minutes long, so not a long investment of your time. Mm-hmm. Um, with the 30 days, it's kind of on this four-week um, cycle, so to speak, dealing with each one of these key relationships, so that we are sons, we are brothers, we are uh, spouses, and we are fathers. And so each week, as they introduce the week, there will be a slightly longer 
video that might be six or seven minutes long, and it'll have a, basically a testimonial about this aspect and how, um, how critical it, it has been in a given man's life. And I, I tell you, those, those videos are super powerful. Um, there's several of them are ones that I continue now, even a year plus later, thinking about these and, and kind of the, the points that I've drawn out of them. So they'll have the video to start it off with, and then each day will have a challenge at the bottom. They'll have a quote from a saint or a Catholic author or, or even sometimes a musician that's related to the point, and then they'll have a challenge that's often based on your state in life. So, for example, um, sometimes there'll be a challenge for everyone. No matter who you are, based on today's theme, this is what, this is what we do. And uh, other times it'll be, you know, if you're married with, with kids at home, this is your challenge. If you're a single person, this is your challenge. If you're divorced or separated, this is your challenge. If you're a priest, this is your challenge. So it's, hmm. it's nice because it's, it's accessible to no matter who you are or where you are in life. Yeah. Um, and then the, the kind of the, the final component is guys are encouraged to post a comment about what this challenge has meant for them or, or responding to, you know, what, what is asked in the question. So the commitment isn't large. They're generally less than 10 minutes long, but they're, they're powerful because they begin to get you thinking about areas and, um, and to be more introspective uh, on things that, that we're not customarily considering. Mm-hmm. No, that sounds like a very uh, positively intense experience. Yeah. You know, Brad, Brad, when you went through it for the first time, what would you say was the most rewarding uh, thing about the 30-day challenge for you? Um, well, for me, the thing that I like, uh, particularly about the starting point of the RISE challenge, um, and there are lots of great men's initiatives out there that, you know, kind of awaken us to the unique role that we as men have in the world, that the, the world really needs our contribution to, you know, step into the breach and to, to rise up and take that challenge to, as leaders um, of, in the church, in our families, in the world, and so on. Um, and they, they call us to action. Um, and those are, those are essential truths that we need to know about as men. But sometimes what they'll miss is the fact that, first of all, uh, informing us of what our identity is, who we are, that we are beloved sons of God. And so sometimes I, I fear that we get sent out into the battlefield uh, unequipped right. to respond and to, to deal with the frustration, disappointment, the failure that we even encounter. Yeah, and so so the, the, one of the things that I found very rewarding was just the aspect that it begins by um, being soaked in the fact that we are beloved sons of God, no matter what. Um, and that's, that's, honestly, for me, that's been probably the most important theme in my spiritual life since I've cared about my spiritual life. That's, that's great. So just kind of tying into that, what, what was most difficult about this for you then? I will tell you that the, the challenges, while they're, they're brief, they're not, they're not a long amount of time, they, they begin to get you thinking. Mm-hmm. And sometimes just, just taking that time to, con- to think through things. So one of the challenges, for example, is to write your ideal obituary. You know, mm-hmm. What would you want said about you when you die? And what do I need to be... Am I, is the way I'm living right now going to get me there? Or what changes might I need to make? And so just taking the time uh, to think through those things, which are really important questions, can be difficult because each time, it's, each day is kind of like a... Wow, that's that's an amazingly deep consideration, um, and so I think it brings you to places that we're not customarily gravitating toward, and and the challenges can kind of stack up too. It's like wow, well, but but it's really really rich and powerful. 
Yes. That sounds like it. And we're talking with, with Brad Gray about the 30-Day Rise Challenge, a challenge that is directed particularly towards men to grow in authentic masculinity, uh, to grow in their spirituality and faith. Now, uh, Brad, this sounds like it's been a great experience not only for you but uh, but for, for uh, the others that you've been working with. What would you say to encourage men who are going through this challenge right now? Well, for one thing, I think that it's, it's a great opportunity to grow as a man and as a, as a, you know, as a son, as a father, as a brother, as a, as a spouse to really find some good practical ideas of mm-hmm. how I might improve. Because most of us realize that, you know, we're not perfect in any of these realms, honestly speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are, so for example, the first time I went through it, one of the, one of the challenges was to um, pray the Aaronic blessing, the, the, the blessing that the Lord God gave to the brother of Moses, Aaron, the first Levitical priest, uh, over the people of Israel. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord let his face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. And I always forget it when I tell other people, although <laughs> I do it every night over my kids, individually. I lay my hand on their head. And since that challenge began a little over a year ago, this is something that that I do uh, daily, and sometimes in the morning and the night, if, if the kids are up by the time I leave for work, and they ask, they're craving for it. Every night they'll come and say, are you going to bless me, Dad? And so there have just been things <laughs> that have been a big part of my parenting and of my life right now um, that have come about through the Rise Challenge. And one thing that I'm actually currently doing it again, and I'm doing it with my dad and my brother. And i got to tell you, this is, this is something that um, I don't know that we've ever had these conversations before my dad, my brother, and I, to, to begin talking about things on this level as men of God, as brothers in the faith, um, it's just been really a cool experience yes. to, um, to do that, especially with someone who's close to you, and you, maybe you don't take the time to have conversations about where I am in relationship to, to my faith and to the Lord God. That's, that's great. Yeah. And, uh, we have a few more moments, and can you tell us uh, how people can bring this to their parish? You sure know, how, how can they register, that, those yep. kinds of things? So the first point is just to mention the, the main uh, website is menriseup.org. Uh, people can go find out more information. There's a little uh, informational video that kind of gives a little bit of an overview of the RISE program. Yep. So it's menriseup.org. We actually are using this. Uh, we just had a men's conference at the end of March, on March 30th here in the Diocese of Fargo. And we had Bill Donahue in, who's one of the creators of the RISE program, and it, it works so perfectly with what we're trying to do with our Made for Greatness Men's Ministry and, and the Fargo Diet is really revolving around these four identities. Um, so we used Rise as a springboard then for guys to be able to bring that fire back from the conference into their own parishes, for priests to line up a group of men in their parish and say, you know what, let's, let's do this together. We'll get a, a group of guys together and we can meet, you know, they have the oppor- opportunity to meet on a weekly basis, maybe every couple weeks or even just once at the end of the challenge, and just talk about what the Lord is doing through these, these challenges, these concrete daily challenges in our lives. And, and so that's one of the key things about the Rise Challenge is that you're, all guys are encouraged to be doing this alongside at least another brother, one other man or a group of other men to be able to do that. So it's very easy and accessible for anyone anywhere to bring this into their parish, whether it be a priest or or just a, a lay person who really wants to get a group of guys together to, to collaborate with other men and say, hey, let's go through this. And there's just a lot of rich food for discussion and, and growing together uh, in holding each other accountable and, and growing as men of God. 
That sounds great. And uh, you had mentioned the, the website menriseup.org, yep. uh, that that's a place where uh, how, how people can bring this 30-day uh, rise challenge to their parishes. Is that also where they can go to find more information about this challenge? Yep, that's right. Like I said, there's a, there's a video to kind of overview it, um, to give people a little bit more information. And there is a growing number of people that have been through the the challenge now, and I, w- I will say that you know I have no affiliation with Rise at all. I just I love what they're doing. I've been through it myself. I, I don't get a penny off of. Uh, I don't, and the Diocese of Fargo doesn't get a penny off of what they're doing. It's just such a <laughs> terrific resource that we're excited to let people know about that. Um, well, and it is so exciting to you know to find these different ways to come out of ourselves. You know, yeah. we, we, you know, it's good to challenge ourselves, but at the same time, sometimes we don't always know how to do it appropriately. And to have uh, you know a, a program uh, to have some accountability from the outside mm-hmm. can do so much. Now, Brad, is there anything else that you would like to add about the Thirty Day Rise Challenge? You know, I guess I would say one of the responses that I've heard already um, from some some of the guys that have been going through the Rise program since our men's conference frontier a couple weeks ago, uh, is, you know, one of the guys that, that had gone through is, you know, kind of a, a no-nonsense farmer who's, you know, went to the conference and decided he was going to sign up for RISE, and um, one of his, his brothers asked him, you know, how is RISE going for you? Is it revitalizing your Lent? This was a couple weeks ago, and he said, it's revitalizing my life. And uh, this was, this is not someone who is prone to, you know, superlatives or anything like that, but it was just, it was really powerful. Um, to see how it has not only touched just just me, but a lot of a lot of the men that are going through it now. That's fantastic, well, Brad. I want to thank you for being on the show with us here this morning. Uh, it's great to hear. And uh, again, that website is menriseup.org. Thank you, Brad. Thank you and both so much for having me on this morning. You're welcome. Uh, coming up next after the break, it's time for straight talk. Uh, if you have a question, if you have something that you want to talk about related to the faith, uh, we invite you to call in, send us a, uh, a note on Facebook, and I'd love to hear from you. Stay right here, Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local. That's Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Rapid City Catholic Schools welcomes you to the 39th annual Mayfest Auction and Dinner Saturday, May 4th at the Rushmore Plaza Civic Center's LaCroix Hall starting at 5 p.m. The event's theme is An Evening in Paris and there will be a live and silent auction with hundreds of great items where all registered bidders will be entered in a drawing for one student to receive one year of free tuition. Event tickets are $65. For more information, contact Liz at 605-348-1477. Rochester Catholic Schools welcomes you to an all-new Hearts of Gold, Friday, April 26, starting at 6.30 p.m. at the brand-new Hilton in downtown Rochester. The event's theme is Cirque in the City, and there will be a cocktail party atmosphere with cuisine available at several unique food stations, plus a VIP hour at 5.30. Individual tickets and host table options are available by visiting rcsm.com. 
Org backslash hearts of gold. We all appreciate the comforting things in life great food, laughter, celebrating mass together, and friendships. Here at Riverview, we have all those things and more. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. With Senior Independent Living Apartments and our Crosshaven neighborhood for those seniors who need a little more assistance, it is the sense of community here that makes Riverview home to all of us. Contact me, Carrie Dew, or Kelly Brecky for a tour at 701 237 4700 or online at homeishere.org. Do you want your business's message to be heard by a dedicated audience during one of our biggest on-air fundraisers of the year? Tune in to the RPR Network for our Spring Live Drive, which runs Wednesday, May 8th through Friday, May 10th from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Central Time. It's a family reunion as we bring you great stories of how the Lord has touched the people you know through Catholic Radio. To become a sponsor of the Spring Live Drive, contact me, Brett Byler, by calling 605-670-8333. You're listening to the RPR Network. Now back to more Real Presence Live. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. We're hanging out here at St. James Coffee in Rochester, Minnesota. And uh, you, almost, you almost want to be co-hosting outside here today. I know it. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's just so beautiful. It's just it is. I don't know what it's like in uh, your neck of the woods where you're listening to it here. Uh, it's a real presence live, but it certainly is gorgeous here. And uh, whatever it looks like outside, it is a day to give thanks to the Lord because this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. Amen. Amen. Alleluia. Uh, we continue our Easter celebration here on this Wednesday of Easter. And... Um, you know, Michael, it was, it was great talking with Brad and just hearing about that 30-day rise challenge. Got me thinking about a lot of a lot of other things that are going on. Um, you know, there's so many different programs, uh, men's conferences, different things that uh, are being used to help men to be men. Yes. And we need, we need that help. Authentic men. Authentic men, absolutely. Following I was, Christ, imitating him. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I, I couldn't help but think a little bit about, you know, over the last year plus uh, with the, the Me Too movement and how much that's raised up uh, issues in our society. Oh, yeah. And, you know, things like this, you know, it, it, it's part of the answer. You know, when you, when you hear about the 30-Day Rise Challenge, being an authentic man, being an authentic husband, being an authentic father, um, you know, we, we need that uh, that direction. We need that uh, that accountability. We need that support from one another. Absolutely. I mean, you 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 know see other people probably more so in that kind of context. You know, we, when I'm talking with men or whatever, you know, a lot of this stuff doesn't come up. You know, and I don't know why. That's that's why we need to like really work on this as men. We need to connect together and like, hey, we're going through the struggle together. Mm-hmm. You know, but you see it more. You know, with your with your ministry, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, but really, getting together with just men talking on this level I, to break down those barriers. You know. Yeah, and I always find it fun. I mean, I. I the opportunity presents itself more most readily uh, at least for large groups and you know retreats or mm-hmm. conferences when you have an, a, a, ti- a chance to address you know society's image mm-hmm. of manhood and uh, to be able to put that you know up against 
God's image for manhood, uh, to be able to live, you know, live in that authentic manhood. And, uh, you know, one of the things I always love about uh, St. John Paul II's theology of the body mm. is the way that he talks about, the, you know, that self, self-gift, to make a gift of yourself. And I think that ties in so well to uh, something we heard this last week during Holy Week, uh, in particular the second reading for Palm Sunday when we heard from Philippians that Jesus, those who was in the form of God, did not deem equality with God something to be grasped at. You know, he didn't cling to uh, this equality. He didn't reach for it, but he received so that he could make a gift of himself. Uh, and, it, and it's tough to do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard to do that because like when, when we give of ourselves, well, I'm, I'm going to run out. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to be empty. But, of course, there's a way to be filled back up. But, but really, Christ being the man, you know, full, full man and then full God also, mm-hmm. he really was struggling in the garden, in, mm-hmm. his, man, in his manhood, in Father. If this yeah. cup, if this cup can pass, I mean, you know, that's that's pretty. I mean, God Himself and man together, you know, saying saying that, but then ultimately showing us how we should react yeah. by saying, "Father, not my will, but Your will." Yeah, living this life authentically uh, is a great challenge. That's why they call it the Thirty Day Rise Challenge. Right. You know, it's not the thirty thirty day rise walk in the park. Uh, <laughs> You know? <laughs> Although it'd be nice yeah. today, but no. <laughs> Today's a great day to walk in the park, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I might have to do that this afternoon. Yes. Uh, but uh, but that, that, that attempt to grow, that attempt to um, become authentically men of God, uh, it is a challenge, and it's ongoing. Yes. Uh, you know, just like our faith, it's not something where we achieve it, and then that's it. Yep. You know, then then you know, once I get to a certain level, I stay there. That's yeah. you know, there, there's that constant need to receive grace, that constant need to abide Absolutely. in the presence of God. You know, he was talking about. He didn't say it specifically, but he was mentioning it. You know, all of our different vocations that we choose. You know, mm-hmm. and he was pointing to that and how the challenges are different for each man. Mm-hmm. You know, but in those vocations, we move through different stages in our life. Yep. So things are going to change for a married person. You know, your children are going to grow up. You're, you know, uh, they're going to have their own children. You're going to be, you know, you're going to have those different things that you're moving through that journey never really ends until you meet the Lord, right? That's right. But then you, but then you even in your ministry, you have different challenges. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's no different. Yeah, and, and what's great about this, too, is that while we can talk about uh, you know, different stages in our lives, different stages in our vocation, there's also a uniqueness. Uh, there's an individuality, and, you know, and God reaches to, uh, into us. Yes. in that uniqueness, into that in individuality. Um, and so, you know, I just encourage men out there, you know, allow God to be present to you in your uniqueness, but at the same time, recognize that need for accountability, that need oh, yeah. for fraternity, uh, because we can't do this on our own. As much as our lives might be unique and, um, you know, others may not experience exactly what it is that we are experiencing, that's fine. But whatever we're experiencing, we can't do it on our own. Right. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why the, why the church exists. That's one of the reasons why we have that, you know, that Sunday obligation, at, you know, inviting us to uh, attend Mass, to be a part of the community in worship of our God, um, you know, as we are able to, to, to receive the Eucharist, uh, to be nourished by the one who gives us life. And so I know that this uh, last week was a particular time for us to be able to receive that life, uh, to be able to experience the gift of new life. I was just reading something this morning about how, uh, you know, when Jesus rose from the dead, it wasn't like Lazarus. You know, when, when Lazarus rose from the dead, it was, it was really a, a resuscitation right. um, that, uh, Jesus, that Lazarus was resuscitated. He was brought back to life, but he was still going to die. Yeah, again, right. You know, that that was, that was still going to be his fate. But in Jesus, we get to see a brand new path. We could see a brand new path being opened up before us. And, uh, you know, this last weekend, of course, we got to experience, uh, you know, all of that in its fullness through Holy Thursday, through Good Friday, through that time in the tomb on Holy Saturday, and then uh, rejoicing at, at uh, the Easter vigil and Easter Sunday morning. I, w- I was listening yesterday while I was driving. And I, I think it was Catholic Answers, and the, guy, the gentleman was talking about how the fall, when God was walking in the cool of the evening, mm-hmm. and and then he, then the sin happened when he was calling out. Yes, yesterday's reading was about he was walking in the garden in the dawn, meaning mm-hmm. that the fall was behind us now, and we're looking to the new to the new life. I yeah. mean, that's the joy we have. Yeah. I mean, we're, it's the victory has been won. Are we going to have the challenges that we're talking? Absolutely, but at least we know we have the hope in Christ. We do, we do, and that's one. Of, that's one of the things that's. Uh, I always think it's so wonderful. You were talking about, um, you know, rising in the dawn. The, the, dar- the darkness is behind us. Uh, you know, I always, I always love that first mass on easter sunday there's something so special about that and i'm an early riser uh in general but you know after after celebrating the easter Mm -hmm. vigil uh you know that that, that gets to be uh prolonged and exhausting uh and then but you're so excited it's hard to go to go to go to bed it's hard to fall asleep uh and then early next morning you're there but it's it's just not it's not a challenge to get up because of that knowledge that awareness of the resurrection that uh, Jesus Christ it has been raised. Death, the power of death has been destroyed. The power of sin has been destroyed. And this is a great blessing for us all. Yes. You know, I, I you know, couldn't help it but notice, too, just, um, you know, it can be easy for us to complain about where faith is at in our society today. Mm-hmm. But the celebrations this weekend, uh, the church was packed. Yeah, and, people and are it's, thirsty. It's so wonderful. It's so wonderful to see that. And uh, I know people are thirsty, and uh, you might be thirsty too. Yes. So maybe there is something we've talked about that has struck a chord with you. Well, now is your chance to ring in. It's time for Straight Talk. Uh, we're excited to bring you this segment on Real Presence Live uh, where you can bring in your questions, uh, anything that uh, might be on your mind relating to things we've talked about here today, uh, just relating to the faith in general, I think especially relating to uh, Easter. 
Uh, we'd love to hear from you and uh, do our best to answer your questions. Uh, please call in at 877-795-0122. That's 877-795-0122. You can also send your questions or comments to us on Facebook, and we'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. You know, with with the Easter celebrations this this last week, um, you know, there's so much that uh, that really comes into these celebrations. It's not only you know like the history, you know, the, the historical resurrection two thousand years ago, but we celebrate this each year, and so it becomes brand new to us each year. And uh, you know, I, I think I think right now, you know, there is a great need. For our experience of the resurrection, you know, it was just a uh, just a little over a week ago. We, uh, you know, saw Notre Dame uh, yes. a, a flame and uh, really just uh, amazing and heartbreaking uh, at at the same time. And um, you see that that great um, you know bulwark <laughs> you know, of representing our faith, uh, you know, crumbling down. And then the response of you know, over a billion dollars within 48, uh, 48 hours to mm-hmm. restore it. And then about 48 hours later, uh, the uh, protests go again in France about um, you know, not paying attention to the poor there. And there's just so much in that. And, and it can be easy to get caught up in all of that uh, and miss out on the, the reality that you know, you know, the church is here to, you know, the church buildings are here to promote our faith, to help us to build our faith. Um, but I, I know our, our bishop and our uh, chrism mass talked about how, you know, that's not what our faith is rooted in. Our faith is not rooted in a building as beautiful, as historic as it might be. It's not where it's rooted. And I, and I think that that's a, a, an important lesson for us, an important yeah. reminder <laughs> for us that yes we you know the institution of the church its buildings its uh, physical presence is helpful but it's not absolutely necessary i mean we, we need to have a place to celebrate the mass right <laughs> yeah you know, we want to have a you know, a tabernacle uh, yeah. that we can that we can go to visit so i'm not uh, not saying that that's that's not helpful or necessary for our faith but um be but, good stewards yeah but we want to be we want to be good stewards we want to recognize uh the gifts that we have present in front of us uh and the ways that they help us to grow yes. in our faith Please call in with questions for Father Will here at 877-795-0122 or uh, give us a message on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. And so, uh, you know, as I'm reflecting back on on this past week, as as a priest, I always find it so difficult to preach, uh, especially on Good Friday. You know, on Good Friday, there, there's such a richness in the proclamation of the Passion narrative. Uh, and there's so much that's going on there with the extended uh, solemn intercessions, with the veneration of the cross. Mm. Um, you know, it's always difficult to really, really pin down, okay, what, what should I preach on in this, you know, two and a half minutes right. <laughs> you know, that I'm, I'm allotting myself to, uh, to preach. And... Um, I know one one thing that I've I've often wondered about, or you know, or about preaching about that I just never have gotten to is, you know, here's Jesus, the most difficult moment of his life, as you were just mentioning mm-hmm. earlier. You know, you know, Father, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, your will be done. And where are his friends? Right, they're sleeping <laughs> until the soldiers come, and then they run. Right. And there's that denial, there's that betrayal uh, that, that comes. And uh, perhaps that's something that 
you know, has affected you in, in, in your life as you're, as you're listening in, uh, perhaps with some, something that's very real for you. You know, it, it can be difficult that, uh, you know, there are some circumstances that, you know, it seems like someone is the, the best of friends, uh, the most loyal of friends, and yet, you know, I think we all have our breaking point. Um, you know, we are not perfect in our ability to be faithful to one another. Uh, I know in, in marriage, there's that promise of fidelity, uh, promise of being faithful to one another. Um, and, and yet it's, it's, it's so challenging uh, because we can get caught up in ourselves. You know, we get caught up in our own lives. We get caught up in our own mess. We get caught up in our own weakness. Um, and yet, you know, as we, as we were talking a little bit earlier, John Paul II, uh, St. John Paul II, he invites us to make a gift of ourself. And that's exactly what Jesus is doing. Mm-hmm. You know, when Jesus is in the garden, when he's laying down his life there, even when his friends run away, even when Peter denies him, even when Judas betrays him, he makes a gift of himself because that's who he authentically is. That's his real self. And um, he has that sincere desire. As much as he would like to see this cup pass from him, not my will, but your will be done. And yes. it's a wonderful example for us. It's a wonderful uh, uh, model for us to follow. Mm-hmm. Jesus says in the Last Supper on Holy Thursday, as, as I have done for you, as I have, uh, I have made a model for you also to follow to lay down your lives, to be in service to one another. Um, and that's, uh, as I said, it's hard, but it's such a blessing. Yes, for sure. You know, I'm, and I'm, I'm constantly amazed when I, you know, when I think I'm, I'm done. Like, I'm, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, got nothing left in me, and a phone call comes in to make a pastoral visit. Um, it's, um, you know, it's amazing just how much we can... Uh, really still do yes for sure but it's through god's blessing uh uh, through through god's through god's blessing through god's presence uh that we are able to experience that life that we are able to experience the gift of the resurrection and so as we're talking about the resurrection as we're talking about easter uh i'd love to know what's on your minds i'd love to know what uh, what you would uh, enjoy hearing about uh please uh, feel free to call in at 877-795-0122 uh we'd also invite your uh, comments and questions on facebook you know one of the other things that i think is kind of challenging but also really interesting about this octave of Easter is we keep reliving this, the same day. Yes. You know, we keep reliving the same day. We, re, we, we relive it through the, the lens of different gospel writers. Uh, we, we relive it in different parts of the day. Uh, you know, on, you know, on Easter Sunday, as I mentioned in yesterday's homily, uh, Easter Sunday morning, it's, it's quite intriguing that we don't actually see the risen Christ. Right. Uh, you know, we're celebrating the resurrection, and all we see are the, are the angels proclaiming, you know, he, he is not here. And that's he where we need, that, we need that faith. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And, th- and that's why witness is so important. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, I, I have not seen the risen Christ like, like Mary Magdalene did, like Peter and, right. and, J- and John did. I haven't seen Jesus in that same way. I've seen the risen Christ in the Eucharist. I've seen the risen Christ in, uh, you know, at church with the, the people of God gathered together. I've seen the risen Christ in the, in the poor. You know, we have that, you know, those different ways of, the, of experiencing the presence of Christ and especially that real presence of the Eucharist. 
but it is faith that helps us to see with those eyes, to understand uh, through the witness of others. Yes. And so that's why it's always so important when we have that, uh, that experience of the risen Christ to bear witness, yes. uh, you know, to not be afraid. Uh, you know, just yesterday as we hear about uh, the, the risen Christ and then, uh, then also hear about Peter uh, at Pentecost, you know, proclaiming boldly that, you know, <laughs> Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. Right. You know, he was put to death. He was uh, scourged and uh, crucified, and yet he lives. And on that day, 3,000 people were, were converted yes. to the Lord. Uh, but if you look at Peter right there and compare him to Thursday night, right. it's just a world of difference. And we have that possibility. We have that opportunity in our own lives, you know, I think there's something about being a Catholic where we are particularly afraid to talk about our faith. We are particularly afraid to, um, you know, to, to share the gospel and the, the, the power of grace that, uh, that we experience oh. through Christ. And yet, that power and grace is there. Yes, for and sure. We, and we should, we should not be afraid. We're not, we do not have to be afraid. Um, How many it, times is that said in the Bible? Do not be afraid. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Father Will, we do have a question that came in for you here. I'll read it for you. Uh, in today's gospel, why is only one of the disciples named in the account? So today's gospel, uh, I'm trying to remember here. Yep. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was from the gospel of John. And uh, one, of, one of the kind of methods that John uses is uh, we're pretty sure that John was that disciple. We're pretty sure that when we hear about the beloved disciple, that was John. Mm. And you know, John doesn't necessarily want to draw attention to himself right. uh, on, on the one hand, but I think John also is writing in such a way where when we hear about the other disciple, when we hear ab about... Okay, this is from Luke. This is from Luke. Uh, <laughs> never mind. But the road to me is, yep. It is. But, I, but I was drawing a blank. We just had mass. <laughs> I, I know, I know. I remember, I remember the gospel account, but I... Um, yeah, you know, that's a great question, and I am not entirely sure. I, I would like to talk a little bit about the gospel of John, however, uh, as this, this question is brought up. So uh, to our listener who has uh, brought this question, I apologize for evading your question a little <laughs> bit, but it does bring up, I, I think, a great message that the gospel of John brings to us. And in the gospel of John, you know, again, there's the beloved disciple. There's the, the other disciple who reaches the tomb before Peter. And in that uh, you know, we don't just see John, we also see ourselves. That, and I think that Luke may have had a similar, uh, you know, a similar idea in mind. Either uh, the, that other disciple wasn't known, or maybe wasn't as prominent as Cleopas. But there's something about, uh, in, in the Gospels, when we hear about another disciple, where we can, we can bring ourselves into the Gospel where we can become present to Jesus in that, in that gospel and uh, where we can see Jesus' love, Jesus' presence uh, for and with us. I, I listened to Father Karapi on this when he was on, and I, I don't know, again, there's, you know, conjecture between theolo theologians that, that differ on this, but it was, they think that it was left that way so that we can place ourselves in that position walking on and to bear witness 
in in that that what you just said bring ourselves mm-hmm. into that gospel and that's why he left it now i don't know where the theologians stand on that and for the church to specifically talk on this passage but mm-hmm. that i thought that was beautiful because that, that's kind of the way john writes mm-hmm. you know what i mean he really wants you other than the synaptic gospels he really pulls you in and makes you think about in a different way than the other Gospels do. What is your place? Right. Here? I know this is written by Luke, but you know this 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 was kind of how John wrote too, and there is some some in that in that you know that's kind of tied together. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, and thankfully we do have uh, we, we do have commentaries on Scripture. Uh, of course, you know. Uh, commentaries in scripture could easily fill a library uh, there, or more there, there is John plenty <laughs> there is plenty that has been written on on um, any topic in the Bible but it but it, I think it is a, a great point that uh, sometimes we we encounter these unnamed disciples mm-hmm. and that's not to uh, you know lower their importance necessarily um, but I think oftentimes it is to draw us in right is to make us feel like we are, uh, not just make us feel like we are a part of their lives, but to become a part of their lives. Uh, you know, St. Paul uh, put, puts, puts the, uh, the statement very clearly. It says the, the, the scriptures are like a two-edged sword. He was just thinking about yep. that. It is a two-edged sword cutting more surely, uh, or cutting surely to the heart. And, um, and so when we experience the scriptures, they are not meant to be just a historical account, right. but they are meant to be the living word of God. And that's what was made flesh. I mean, it right to the very marrow of the bone. Absolutely. I mean, what, what, how deeper can you get into the very person that you are mm-hmm. in this moment that we are? Yeah. Yes, we are, we are meant to be something and glorified in God when we, when we reach that point. Mm-hmm. And our bodies, as we believe as Catholics, that our bodies will be reunited at some point in time mm-hmm. uh, when, when that is the Father's plan. Right. But right here and now with our physical body, that word is supposed to reach to that depth in you. Right. You know, as we're talking about how uh, you know, we have a lot of commentaries that help to explain the scriptures to us, uh, we have another, another question that has been brought up here. Uh, and uh, this particular question has a special section of that library. Uh, maybe not an entire library in and of itself, but there's a special section devoted to what did Jesus write in the sand when the adulterous woman was brought to him? Uh, I, I remember reading uh, many years ago, I don't remember the entire content, but the, the title was uh, Doodlings in the Sand. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was just trying to get at, you know, what is it that Jesus is trying to bring forward? You know, what is he trying to draw attention to in the sand? And there, there's, there's no consensus, there is no clear uh, um, and specific understanding of what Jesus wrote in the sand. But there are a lot of ideas, and I think some good ideas of what it is that Jesus wrote in the sand. You know, there, there are some people that say that he was listing the names of all those who were standing around, um, uh, that, or, or perhaps listing their names and their sins. Um, you know, just pointing out that, you know, you have sinned and you have sinned, or, or maybe it's just a listing of the different sins that they had committed. Mm. You know, uh, raising up uh, their their conscience and drawing attention uh, to their conscience to recognize that yes, they too are sinners. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some that uh, that argue that Jesus was writing the great commandment: "You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and your neighbor as yourself." Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, there are, there are some that would that, that argue that uh, he was just writing what it was exactly that Moses said. And, you know, I always, I always find it intriguing uh, when they bring forth this woman and they say, Master, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. Mm-hmm. Okay, where's the man? Right. You know, if she was caught in the very act of adultery, uh, there should be, a, should be a man there getting ready to be stoned as well. Um, but there are, there are a number of different possibilities. And, you know, as the, the title of the article that I had mentioned, Doodlings in the Sand, some people just wonder if he was just wasting time and, and you know, giving, giving, the, crowd, one, giving yeah. the crowd time to uh, recognize the absurdity of their test of Jesus. I mean, they, they are using this woman as a tool. Uh, to be able to bring Jesus into a trap. Uh, Because what they want Jesus to say is, yes, she was caught in adultery, and so you should stone him right now. However, with the Romans occupying Israel at the time, the uh, the Jewish people did not have authority to 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 exact the death penalty. That's why, or one of the reasons at least, why the the chief priests bring Jesus to Pilate and ask Pilate to uh, put put him to death because the the Jewish people did not have the authority uh, for the death penalty with uh, with the Israelites there. So, you know, this is a great question. I have have given it much consideration and prayer myself. What did Jesus write in the stand when the adulterous woman brought to him? And um, and and in some ways, I, I lean towards you know he was just doodling he was just you know just uh, you know reaching for some time to let the holy spirit work on those other men's hearts to realize this is really an absurd test i too am a sinner i too am deserving of death and jesus lets them walk away where where is this like I, I should probably know this better, but like when Jesus was being tested by the Pharisees, so, you know, is this kind of in the middle? Of well, when, when the, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, was and, he getting kind of tired of the question? No, <laughs> and, and and like all good Catholics, I cannot give you the chapter and verse right. of this. Uh, <laughs> I know it's in one of the Gospels, yes. I and mean, I got that part down. We know the um, word better than we think we do. We just yeah, don't have the numbers, but anyways. Yeah. And, that's, and that's perfectly fine. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what order okay. uh, this is in of the testings of the, the, the scribes and Pharisees. But he eventually does kind of say, you, you brood of vipers, you know. He kind of snaps back at him sooner or later, you know. Why are you, why are you testing me, you know. Well, he, he does keep, you know, trying to bring the, the point back of, you know, if I'm doing a good thing... Yeah. You know, I mean, we heard in the Passion account last week, uh, I have done many good things. For which of these do you want to kill me? Right. Uh, and and that, I, that's one of the phrases I, I find so powerful uh, because we do that to Jesus. Right. You know, Jesus has done so, you know, many good things for us. Uh, for which of these are you trying to stone me? Um, and you know that's that's one of the points that I uh, that I brought up in in my Good Friday homily. Um, that you know, there there is so much that goes on in our world. There is so so many challenges. There is so much evil, and I think it's part of our human nature that we like to point the finger, and we like to point the finger at one specific person. But when we start to look at all the evil in the world, we start to realize, well, I can't point the, the finger at any one person for all the evil is present in the world, so I have to point my finger to God. Mm. I have to direct my anger and my outrage 
to God. Because if, I, if no one here on earth is responsible, well, God must be responsible. But in, in many ways, it's doing the same thing as what Jesus is asking there. I've, I've done many good deeds. Yep. For which of these are you trying to stone me? And he eventually says even there, there, you know, why are you striking me if I'm just saying the, the truth? The truth. If, yep. if, I, if I'm saying something that's not right, then, then I do probably deserve this, but th- I have said nothing wrong. Yep. Yeah. And yet Jesus, you know, Jesus is that, uh, uh, is that lamb that mm-hmm. is led to the slaughter. Uh, by the way, uh, John chapter 8, verse 8 uh, is when Jesus doodles in the sand. So that's uh, not, not quite halfway through uh, okay. the, the, go- the gospel of John. Um, yeah, but it's... Again, there's just so many powerful moments throughout the Passion narrative because Mm -hmm. Jesus just keeps driving it home. Not my will, but yours be done. Uh, That Jesus is willing to be led like a lamb to the slaughter. He has his face set like flint, as we hear in Isaiah, um, that he's he's set on this. He is going to do it. He is going to accomplish the will of the Father. And, And the evil that is done to him. He receives it. He receives it so that he can enter into the evil. And this is, you know, what, what, I think it gets into one of the things that I, um, that I counsel people on a lot is I think we have this sense almost that I can't bring the bad things to Jesus. I can't bring, uh, I mean, if, if it's something that I want Jesus to fix, I can bring that to Jesus. But, you know, if I have a weakness, if I have uh, doubts in my faith, if I, you know, it's like there, there are certain things that I can bring to Jesus, certain things that I can't bring to Jesus. And when we do that, we almost start playing God. Yeah. And you know, we almost start playing God because Jesus wants to enter into all of it. That's why Jesus took on our humanity. That's why Jesus is fully God and fully human. So that he can be a part of everything that we are. So he understands um, it. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and Jesus does understand, and Jesus wants to understand us, and Jesus wants to help us understand ourselves even better. Um, you know, I'd like to share a, a little bit of a, a, a prayer style uh, that's, um, that I, I use and I, I encourage others to use often. Uh, I like to call it the pirate prayer. Pirate prayer. You ever heard of the pirate <laughs> I prayer? Have, I have not. All right, there are some people in the air that, that know what I'm talking about. It's uh, A-R-R-R. Or <laughs> pirate prayer. There we go. But uh, to simply acknowledge, and, and that's and, that, and that's I think almost the hardest part of this mm. prayer, to simply acknowledge the reality of what I am experiencing, the reality of what I am going through, uh, and then to have the courage to relate it to Jesus. You know, to, to acknowledge, okay, this is what I'm feeling, this is what I'm going through, uh, this is what I'm thinking about, and then say, Jesus, this is what I'm going through, this is what I'm feeling, this is what I'm thinking about. You know, to bring it out of ourselves uh, and to allow Jesus, allow the Prince of Peace, allow the, you know, the King of the Universe in, mm. you know, so that I don't have to hang on to this anymore. And as I'm relating this to Jesus, I also take time to receive, to receive Jesus' response, to receive uh, Jesus' presence, Jesus' compassion, Jesus' mercy, um, to receive the power of uh, his sacrifice, mm in whatever I'm experiencing, and then respond. That as Jesus enters more fully into my heart, how am I going to respond to that? You know, and it, and it can be such a great way um, 
you know, whether it's a, a very stressful situation or a complex situation, uh, you know, with the stress, you know, we can realize, all right, Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. If my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Mm-hmm. Um, if uh, it's a complex situation, you know, blessed are, are the children, you know the, the, you know, the simple ones who are able to receive and to help God simplify your life. You know, there's, uh, I think, so much that that prayer can do for us, so much that, that prayer can bring out in our lives. Just to realize I cannot do this on my own. I don't have to do this on my own. I don't want to do this on my own. Yeah, why would you? I mean, what, where, do, where do we, how do we get that placed in our mind that we're on our own? I mean, you know, yeah. I, I, it happens to me all the time. I, mm-hmm. and, and then afterwards, I'm like, why did I, why did I do that to myself? Yeah, and it, and it seems to be linked into our, our fallen state, you know, our, that, that fallen state of, um, you know, you hear, you know, in the garden. You know, Adam and Eve are walking with Jesus, talking with Jesus, relating to Jesus, and after that original sin, they are hiding. Mm. They hide themselves, and that's what we try to do. You know, that's that's what we try to do. We we try to hide ourselves, and in that hiding of ourselves, we in, in some ways convince ourselves that I am the only one that can get this done. Uh, I am the only one that can see this through. Um, and we see that in many different ways uh, th- throughout our lives. Uh, I mean, how, how, many, how many married couples uh, get into challenges in their marriage, whether it's you know, raising the children uh, or uh, finance, financial difficulties, and they start to take it on themselves and feel like, I have to be the one to fix this. I have to be the one to see this through. And it starts to create this divide, this rift uh, between the couple. But God gives the sacraments and the vocation of marriage uh, to realize that we don't have to do this on our own, that there's a greater blessing in doing this together. I'm reminded also of a, uh, a, a video that Father Mike Schmitz gave about to describe intercessory prayer. Uh, and not only the power of intercessory prayer, but the, the purpose of intercessory prayer. Certainly one purpose of intercessory prayer is for us to bring our needs before God. But it's also for us to learn from God and to share our life with God. Uh, and so Father, Father Mike Schmitz used that, this image of uh, helping his dad build a shed. And he was young. You know, he was a young kid at the time. And, uh, and he's, as he's helping to build the shed, he, you know, the, the thought strikes him that my dad doesn't need me. I'm, I mean, I'm probably slowing him down. This mm-hmm. is probably you know, worse off. He's probably worse off <laughs> because he is allowing me to help. But what he started to realize was that that's not what it was about. It wasn't about getting it done quickly. It wasn't about getting it done perfectly. It was about sharing lives with each other. The time. And spending that time with each other. And so, you know, as we enter into that intercessory prayer, um, or I think we could also use that pirate prayer, bring that in here as well. Um, you know, we can see that as a way of, of sharing ourselves with God and giving God the opportunity to share himself with us. Again, realizing we are not alone. We can't do this alone. And hopefully we get to that point that we realize we don't want to do this alone. That's why we have the church. That's why the church is there uh, so that, you know, you know, Jesus does say where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among him. But sometimes in that we start to even go a little bit further and figure, well, it's just, you know, me and God. Mm. You know, we, have, I, we can have this me and God mentality. And, you know, as long as I'm right with God, that's all that matters. But that's not what we're created for. We are created for a community. And so in the resurrection, what Jesus helps us to do is he helps, uh, well, he doesn't just help us to do. He does what only he can do. He removes the barriers 
the power of sin, the power of death, uh, of death uh, the reign of darkness. He removes that, becomes the light of the world mm-hmm. so that we are not blinded anymore, so that we are not afraid, so we don't uh, hide in the upper room like the disciples. You know, we're going to hear that again this Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that might be a closing message uh, to remember uh, you are not alone. Do not be afraid. Thanks for joining us here on Straight Talk on Real Presence Live. It's been uh, wonderful. Thank you to those who, who did call in and uh, offered offered some of their questions. It was a, a joy to answer them, and mm-hmm. hopefully it gave you some insight as well. Coming up, we have Brad and Del, uh, Deb Nelson, who are going to be sharing their beautiful call of homeschooling. We'll look forward to hearing more on that on Real Presence Live. Stick with us.